Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Father, in the name of Jesus for the Word, I thank you, dear Father God, for your Spirit who unveils and unfolds unto our spirits your Word. I thank you, dear Father God, in the wonderful name of Jesus, that your Spirit will quicken this Word within us and cause it to be alive within us, a living reality in us, that we can walk in the light and the reality of it in the earth. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. I thank you for every receptive heart, every attentive ear, and every open mind, dear Father God, in the blessed, wonderful, majestic name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Psalm 92. Psalm 92. We'll begin reading at verse 1. Now, it's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. It's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. To show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. Upon an instrument of ten strings and upon the psaltery, upon the harp with a solemn sound, for thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. Well, as you know, we're approaching this time of the year again that we want to give thanks. Amen? And so today we'll not be teaching on intercessory prayer. We'll be teaching on giving of thanks. Giving of thanks will be the title of our message. Let's read again these words of the psalmist. And notice that he says, It's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. It's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. And to sing praises unto your name almost high. It's a good thing to do this. Well, he says, To show forth your loving kindness in the morning. When you get up in the morning, it's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. It shows forth his loving kindness. As a matter of fact, it's the crowning of the day. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. When you get up in the morning and give thanks unto the Lord, he crowns you with his loving kindness and his tender mercies. And his faithfulness every night. When you give thanks unto the Lord, when you go to sleep at night, you stop and think about how helpless you are, how defenseless you are. There you are. And it's a sad thing to say, but there are many that when they go to sleep at night, they never wake up in the morning. But praise God, we don't have to be concerned about that because of his faithfulness. Oh, Father, we thank thee that we can put our heads down to sleep, knowing that you ne neither sleep, slumber nor sleep, knowing that your eyes are over the righteous and you watch over us and our sleep shall be sweet and we'll awaken to glorify you. And to magnify you in the beauty of your holiness another day. Amen. To show forth his loving kindness in the morning. And his faithfulness at night. Now, really the word here that's used for thanks is the Hebrew word yada. Y-A-D-A-H. Yada. And it means to throw yourself in worship. To throw yourself. To give yourself. The throwing up of your hands. In other words, to completely give yourself over to worship and to magnify and to glorify the Lord. And it's a good thing to do that, to glorify Him, to magnify Him, he says, for these reasons. But the word itself, worship, means to attribute worth to an object. To attribute worth to an object. Now, how much would you say that your automobile is worth that you drive? How much would you say that your home is worth that you live in? I'll tell you exactly how much it's worth. Brother Angelo's sitting back over there in the corner. He told me it's only worth what somebody will pay for. That's all it's worth. He said it's only worth what somebody's going to pay for. They can put a sticker of $20,000 on that car or whatever. And if no one's going to pay for it, it's not worth it, is it? It's only worth what somebody's going to pay for it. Well, we're going to attribute worth 
to God. How much do you think he's worth? How much do you think he's worth praising? Stop and evaluate it just for a moment. Is he worthy of our praise? Is he worthy to receive thanks from us? How much thanks? How much praise is he worthy to receive? Why is he worthy to receive? Well, the book of Revelation, the fourth chapter, go there with me. It tells you exactly why he is worthy to receive our praise in uh, the fourth chapter in verse 11. Now, remember, to attribute worth to an object. And here we have the picture of the four beasts and the four and twenty elders in the throne room of God attributing worth unto his person. And the fourth chapter, and we'll begin at verse 9. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. That's why he's worthy, because he created all things. That means since he is the author, the creator, the finisher of all things, then everything that has breath, everything that lives, owes unto him praise and giving of thanks. Now, we're also told in the fifth chapter of that same book. Here we have uh, the reason why Jesus is worthy to receive thanks. To attribute worth to Jesus. This is why he's worthy. You are called the vision. John had was carried up into the heavenlies under the throne of God. And he said there, I saw God sitting on his throne. And in his right hand, he had a book written within on the backside, sealed with seven seals. Then he saw an angel proclaiming with a loud voice and saying, who is worthy? See, who's worthy? Who's worth it? Is there anybody that's worthy to take this book? To open it and to loose the seals thereof, is there anybody worthy? Well, we know that God's worthy. God the Father is sitting on his throne. He just said, worthy art thou to receive riches, wisdom, honor, strength, glory, but everything. He's worthy of it all. He's worthy of all thanks and praise. But is there anybody worthy to take this book, to open it? And there was no man found in heaven or in earth, neither under the earth, that was worthy enough to open this book. Neither to even look thereon. So John began to weep in his vision. Because no man was found worthy to open and to, read the, to, to, to look at the book, to read the book. Neither to look thereon. But one of the elders came and said, John, weep not. Don't cry. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David, behold him. See him over there, behold him. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy to take the book and to loose the seals thereof. This lion of the tribe of Judah, this root of David, he is worthy to take it. So don't cry, John. Don't weep. And John said, I beheld. And lo, sure enough, in the midst of the thrones stood the lamb, and the four beasts and elders stood the lamb as it had been slain, having seven eyes and seven horns, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he came. Can you imagine? Can you envision this? He came. He came. Somebody declared to be worthy enough. Jesus declared to be worthy enough to take the book out of the right hand of the Father God. He said, I'm worthy. That's what he said. I'm worthy. That's what he was saying when he walked over there and did it, wasn't it? He said, I'm worthy to take the book and loose the seals thereof. He was worthy. And the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vows full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. And they sung a new song, saying, what did they say? Thou art worthy. Thou art worthy to take the book and to loose the seals thereof. Why? Now here's why. For thou wast slain and redeemed us to God by thy blood. 
See, that's why Jesus is worthy of our praise. Thou wast slain and, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And you've made us to our God kings and priests, and we shall reign in the earth. And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders. And the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Hallelujah. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Now listen to this. And every creature which is in heaven and in the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, blessing and honor and glory and power. Blessing and honor and glory and and power. Be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and to the Lamb forevermore. See, they're worthy. And the four beasts said, Amen. You want to give me an amen to that? Amen, brother. That's what they said. That's what they said. Amen, brother. Hallelujah. And, and, and the four and twenty elders fell down. They fell down on their faces. That's how they fell down. They fell down on their faces and worshipped and gave worth. Attributed worth unto him that liveth forever and ever. To attribute worth to an object. Is he worthy? He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy to be praised. Now, there are different types and kinds of worship and giving of thanks. Actually, there are two. Personal worship and corporate worship. And we should understand the difference between the two. You know, sometimes we can get into corporate worship or collective, collectively, we're, you know, collected together here, worship. And what we can do is, instead of attributing worth unto Him, we can draw attention unto ourselves. Did you know that? I said there are times when people gather together to worship and give thanks unto the Lord... When instead of giving thanks unto the Lord, people can draw attention unto themselves and take away from the Lord. And that's why we, we have to be sh sure of ourselves when we gather together. That we're not looking to draw attention unto ourselves, but we're looking to gather together and lift our hearts in praise and adoration unto Him that liveth forever and ever. They threw themselves upon their faces unto the ground together and lifted up their hands and worshipped Him which liveth forever and ever, because He is worthy. But I'm going to talk about personal worship. And I'm sure we can carry these, th these thoughts over. But look at Psalm 50. Go over to Psalm 50. We can carry these thoughts over. Because actually, giving thanks unto the Lord and praising Him and worshiping Him is the highest expression of your faith. We're supposed to be living and walking by faith. And giving thanks unto Him is the highest expression of your faith. And if you don't know what that means, you better write that phrase down and meditate it. Giving of thanks is the highest expression of your faith. And really it's a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving because you're usually giving Him thanks and praise for something that's not been yet accomplished in this realm. And so you're thanking Him for your business that it's prospering when it looks like it's falling and going under. And you're thanking Him and praising Him and giving Him worth and attributing to Him glory and honor and praise for your health and for your healing when symptoms might still be lingering in your body. And you're praising Him and thanking Him, you know, for your children that are serving the Lord Jesus Christ and living by faith and walking in, in power and victory when they're not even going to church yet. So you're giving thanks and attributing worship and praise unto Him because He's already done it for you. And so we've got to understand what it means to personally worship Him in spirit and in truth. Look at Psalm 50 and verse 14. Offer unto God thanksgiving. We are to offer it unto Him and pay your vows unto the Most High. Notice this. You offer Him thanksgiving and pay your vows. We owe it to Him. We owe it to Him to give thanks unto Him and to worship Him. And verse 15 says, And call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you and you'll glorify me. 
In the day of your trouble, if people would learn to offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving unto the Lord, he said, then I would deliver you when you offer it to me, and then you would glorify me. Give glory unto him. Notice it says this is a vow. Look at Psalm 116. 116. Start with verse 12. This is a vow. This is something that we owe unto the Lord. This is not something that you can do if you want to. This is something that you are told to do. We are obligated to do. We are commanded to do. And this is the will of God concerning us. And I'll show that to you in Scripture. But look at Psalm 116. What shall I render? Verse 12. Uh, verse, yeah, verse 12. What shall I render unto the Lord for all His benefits toward me? What shall I render unto Him? What can I possibly give unto the Almighty God that has given so much unto me? What can I give? What are the benefits? Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. When you were lying in darkness, as the song said, and you had no way to turn and nowhere to go, it's only because you gave Jesus we've been delivered and set free. Who forgiveth all our iniquities, who healeth all our diseases, who crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies our mouth with good things after he redeems our life from destruction. So our strength and our, our youth can be renewed like the eagles. But what can I render unto him for all this? What can I render unto this most high God for all this? He goes on to say, I will take the cup of salvation. I will call upon the name of the Lord. I'll pay my vows unto the Lord. Now in the presence of all his people. Go down to verse 17. This is how I do it. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord and pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. See? That's what we render unto Him in return for all His benefits. What do you do for that company that you work for? You think about it. And you've got a bunch, I mean, a load of fringe benefits. We're talking about concessions today. People are losing, or the companies are wanting to take away people's benefits from them. As long as those benefits were there, you know, we just said, well, you know, we just took it for granted. There they are. We've got all these benefits, and isn't it wonderful to have all these benefits? But when they try to take your benefits away from you, then people begin to get a little bit upset about it and say, we don't want to concede these things. Isn't that right? Well, have we taken for granted and forgot all of his benefits? Have we neglected to realize what all of his benefits were? Who forgiveth every sin you ever committed, who heals every disease that could ever try to attach itself to your body, and redeems your life from calamity and destruction. What can we render unto him for all this? He says, just give me thanks. I will give thanks. Thank you. How much should we give thanks? Continually. Continually. Can you thank him enough for those kind of benefits? Imagine that. You talk about benefits. You talk about working for a company that can provide for you the forgiveness of sin. That can provide for you a healing from, not paying for it, but healing it. Healing from it. Who can deliver your life from any destruction? And any destructive force that could come your way. And all he asks and requires of us is, give me thanks. Offer thanksgiving. Well, that's a vow that we have to pay. Let's look at Psalm 69. This is very important. If you're an individual that loves the Lord, this is very important to you. And if you're wanting to be a humble individual... All through the Psalms you can read, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, who He's redeemed out of the hand of the enemy. Say what? The Lord is good, and His mercy endureth forever. He's redeemed me out of the hand of the enemy. Give thanks unto the Lord. Look at over here. Psalm 69, 30. I will praise the name of God with a song, and will magnify Him with what? Oh, Hallelujah. Thanksgiving magnifies the Lord. We sing the song, Oh, magnify the Lord. How do I magnify Him? Not just with the song, will magnify the Lord. When I thank Him and I offer up to Him the sacrifice of thanksgiving in the midst of any trial or circumstance or any problem that could come my way, I just look up and say, Father, I thank Thee that Thou hast delivered me out of this affliction. I thank Thee. See, offer up the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Let's go on. This also shall please the Lord. Remember, Jesus pleased the Father. He did everything that was pleasing in His sight. 
This pleases the Lord. It's better than an ox or bullock that hath horns and hoofs. It's better than any burnt sacrifice anybody can offer up to the Lord when we offer up thanksgiving. Now notice this, verse 32. Are you humble out there? Do you walk in humility? Well, the humble shall see this and be glad. When you leave this service today, you'll be walking out there saying, Thank you, Father. Bless you, Father. Blessing and honor and glory and power. Bless you, Father. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Blessing and honor and glory. And you just be saying it and saying it and saying it because you're humble. I mean, you won't even hit your, let your head hit the pillow at night without getting on your face before God and saying, Father, I thank Thee that I wake up in the morning. Because if He didn't provide unto you the breath of life, you wouldn't wake up in the morning. Which one of us can walk out this street today without the breath of life and live? Who provides that breath of life? Which one of us has the power to wake up in the morning should that breath be taken away from us? Not a one of us. <laughs> humble yourself and see this. As he said, the psalmist said, look at verse 32. The humble shall see this. They'll see it. They'll see this with the eye of their spirit. And before they go to bed at night, it'll be, thank you, Father, for your, loving, for your faithfulness. And in the morning, thank you, Father, for your loving kindness and tender mercies crowning me today with favor in your sight to redeem my life from destruction to forgive my every iniquity to heal my every disease to crown me with his loving kindness and tender mercies and satisfy my mouth with good things to say that my strength and my youth can be renewed like the eagles okay look at psalm 95 and we'll we'll show you how the humble will see it but the proud will not. Those that are full of pride, those whose hearts are hardened concerning how much our lives depend upon the goodness and the mercy of our God. And I don't want your hearts to be hardened. Let's just read the whole thing. The whole thing is go- it's beautiful. Let's just read verse, verses 1 through 8. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with what? With thanksgiving. And make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God. And a great king above all gods. In his hands. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his. And he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Oh come let us attribute worth. And bow down. And kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture. And the sheep of his hand today, if you will hear his voice. The humble will see this. But look at the next statement. Harden not your heart. Harden not your heart. Don't let your heart become hardened. So that we begin to neglect attributing worth unto our God on a daily basis. You know, Jesus said, forget about tomorrow. Forget about yesterday. Today is today. How much have you worshipped and, and thanked the Father today? As opposed to what these people did as you read on. As in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When instead of giving thanks they begin to murmur and complain about all the problems and troubles and tribulations. See, give thanks unto the Lord. Give thanks unto the Lord. Now, let's go to the 107th Psalm. And I'm going to show you. There's so much, it's impossible to teach from the book of Psalms in one message concerning how many times we are to give thanks unto the Lord. And for what reasons and purposes we are to give thanks unto the Lord. There's just so many things. You know, you, you, you could study it forever. You'll find out that the end of our salvation is that we'll just get to a place of rest where all we're doing is just thanking Him that we are healed, thanking Him that we are delivered, Thanking Him that we are free. Thanking Him that every need is met and was met and always will be met because we've entered into His rest. And all your life is is one big breath of praise. One flowing with the Spirit of God to give praise unto Him. With these heavenly hosts that are already bowing down on their faces before the Lord God of heaven and saying, Worthy, holy, holy. We'll just enter right up. That's entering into His rest. To you enter into that place in Him that all you can do is just begin to worship and praise Him for what He's already done. Because redemption is a completed fact. And you are complete in Him. That is the goal. 
That is the rest that he set before us. 107 Psalm, verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, here's a cry of the heart of the psalmist. He says, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. This great God that created all the earth, the heavenlies, and everything that's in the earth. He's good. And his wonderful works to the children of men and his goodness has been poured out upon us. And let them sacrifice, not an animal, like they did under the old covenant. Not an animal, but let them sacrifice. A sacrifice, you will remember and recall that a sacrifice had to be without spot. A sacrifice had to be without blemish. A sacrifice had to be perfect in the sight of the Lord. It had to be the best that you had in your flock. If it was a lamb, it was, it was flawless. Spotless, blameless, not one mark on it before it could be offered up unto the Father as a burnt offering and sacrifice. But we are to sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving. What is that saying? That means out of your innermost being, in your inner man, in your spirit, there's not one flaw, there's not one fault. We are faultless. We are blameless before the presence of His glory and have the ability with our breath to offer up the sacrifice of thanksgiving unto the Father God and it will be acceptable in His sight because the flawless and the spotless one lives within our spirits and has caused us to be clean before the Lord. Think about that. But notice it's a sacrifice. It is a sacrifice. And He goes on to say, and declare His works with rejoicing. It's a sacrifice, meaning that it's something that you've got to give. It's something that you have to offer up when you don't feel like it. I mean, to give up the best of their flock had to be a sacrifice. How easy would it have been to give up one that wasn't any good? But this is the best that we can offer unto the Lord is the sacrifice of our thanksgiving and praise. And in Hebrews, look at Hebrews 13. You know the scriptures, but I want you to see them. Hebrews 13, 15. You know, that's why the forces, the hostile forces of darkness that are around us are ever trying to keep us into a place and a position where we don't feel like praising the Lord. How many of you woke up in the morning and just didn't feel like praising the Lord? I just don't feel like it today. You wanted to pray in other tongues and says, oh, I just don't feel like it today. Or, you know, you got to a place that, well, I praised them yesterday. I don't know if I want to just praise them four hours today. I'm just going to sit back and relax today. It's a sacrifice to praise God. It's a sacrifice to attribute worth to somebody that you cannot see. And to get into a place of communion with Him in your bedroom or in your closet and just lift up your hands and begin to continue to worship and praise and commune with Him when you don't see Him. It's a sacrifice to do that. It's a sacrifice to give yourself to give thanks unto the Father for some brother or sister that's in need when you don't see the person that you're talking to. You don't feel them. But yet there you are, worshiping Him and magnifying Him. It's a sacrifice. Look at here what it says in Hebrews 13, 15. Let us. By Him, therefore, let us. By Him, therefore, by Jesus, therefore, let us. Let us. Let us offer... The sacrifice of praise unto God. Now notice the next word. Circle the next word. Let us, by Jesus, therefore, offer the sacrifice. It's a sacrifice of praise unto God. How often? Continually. What is he talking about? That is the fruit of our lips. What's the fruit of your lips? words, that is the fruit of our lips, giving what? Unto His name. Thank you, Jehovah. Jireh. Thank you, Jehovah. Rapha. Thank you, Jehovah. Shama. That says it all right there. Did you know that? Thank you, the Lord, my Redeemer. Thank you, the Lord, my Healer. Thank you, the Lord, my Provider. Thank you, the Lord, that's ever present in any time of trouble. Thank you, the Lord, that answers my every prayer. Thank you, Al Shaddai. Thank you, the God that's more than enough. 
to meet my every need. How often continually? You know why people are up and down, in and out, in their Christian walk and endeavors? Because they're not thanking and praising the Lord for all that. I don't care where you're at, what position you're in, what you're doing, you can thank the Lord. How many of you have voices to thank the Lord? Thank you for this job that I'm on. Thank you for this house that I'm cleaning. Thank you, dear Father God, in the name of Jesus, for these children that I'm raising. Thank, and just so on and so forth. I mean, you can just go on and on. Some people are saying, oh, this job, I don't want to get up and go to work again this morning. Dear Lord, what am I going to do now? I don't want to get out of bed at 5.30 in the morning and go. It's cold outside, honey. Don't you know it's cold outside? I've got to walk a half a mile into that mill. I know I've been there. It was a mile walking to the mill. A mile. And I mean, when it was below zero, it was like about a 10-mile walk into the mill. And if you don't watch yourself, you can get off your, you know, get off your thanksgiving and praise and begin to murmur and complain. And God doesn't like that. But he says here, let us, let us offer the sacrifice of praise continually. That is, the fruit of our lips or the words that come out of our mouth are always giving thanks and praise unto his name. Now, let's go on to Ephesians, the fifth chapter. And I want to show you something here in the epistles in the New Testament concerning this. In Ephesians 5, I'll show you something. Unless we climb up the mountain from different sides, we can quote these same scriptures but only get one point of view. Told by the Spirit of God to be an imitator or to be a follower of God as dear children. Verse 2 says, To walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God. Jesus gave himself as an offering, as a sacrifice unto God. We're to sacrifice ourselves by giving him thanksgiving and praise. He goes on to say, To God for a sweet-smelling savor, but fornication, uncleanness, covetousness, let it not once be named among you as become a saint. But look at verse 4. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather, what? Giving of thanks. Now, when you tie that in with Hebrews 13, 15, it opens up a new light, doesn't it? We begin to see that our, our speaking, our talking, should always be directed towards giving thanks unto the Father. And oh, we're learning in this Spirit of God, quicken this in our spirits. Change us in our inner man to show us that our words should always praise you and express thanksgiving unto you for any, any situation. You know, you can praise and thank, thank God in any situation, not for it, but in it. You can th look at uh, Ephesians 5.20 and it shows you about thanking Him above every situation. Giving thanks always. How often? Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father. Now, the, the phrase there, for all things. Actually, it carries the thought from the, from the literal Greek, above all things. Above all things. In other words, your giving of thanks and the things that you're giving rises above the things. We begin to magnify Him and thank Him and no matter what the thing might be that came your way. And as you begin to worship Him always and praise Him in all things, not for the thing. In other words, I'm not thanking Him for the you know, cancer that was put upon my body or, the, or this or that, whatever the case might be. You are thanking Him that He's greater than the cancer that the devil tried to put on your body. You're thanking Him that He is the greater one that's in you than anything that could come against you. So here He says, giving thanks always to the Father for all things under the Father and under God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now back up to verse 18 and it ex explains a little bit better. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves. Here's a way of giving thanks. Speaking to yourselves in psalms. Notice all them psalms are read. Notice how they always express thanks and gratitude and attribute worship and praise unto the Father. Even in the midst of his trouble, David sang praises unto the Lord. I thank you that you deliver me. And there was army, Saul's army was out to destroy his life. And you know, when he talked about, when I lie down to sleep, I give you thanks and I'll awaken in the morning for your faithfulness. What was he talking about? He was talking about they were gathered around about him and he was sleeping in a cave. And he couldn't stay awake any longer to run because the body's going to fall asleep one of the, you know, if you keep it going long enough. And so when he, you know, did lay down to sleep, there was no way to protect himself from the, from the armies that were surrounding him and trying to destroy his life. So what did he say? He said, I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to be concerned about it. I'm going to give you thanks, dear Father God, for your faithfulness to keep me in my hour of sleep. 
And he woke up in the morning and says, Oh, I thank you for your loving kindness and for your mercy, for your grace. We're not talking about going to bed, you know, in your bed with your doors locked. We're talking about a cave with hungry hunters out there with, with swords and their bows and arrows. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walk in the darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at the noonday. So that's what he was saying. See, we take this in light of where we live, but let's take it in light when the psalmist said it. It's easy to give thanks in the protection of your home with all the doors locked, you know, and angels guarding the doors. But here was a man who was on the battlefield and said, I thank you for your loving kindness in the morning. You better believe you'd wake up in the morning and thank him. You better believe you wouldn't close your eyes at night without thanking him for his faithfulness to keep you. Do you see what I'm saying? Here he says, don't be drunk with wine, where is in excess? But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks. See? Giving thanks. As you begin to do this, as you begin to enter into this, your life begins to be a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, a sweet-smelling savor under the Father. This is exactly how Jesus operated his ministry. But let's go over to 1 Thessalonians first, then we'll talk about Jesus. Five, chapter 5, verse 18. Now I said that this is a commandment and this is the will of God concerning us. Over here in uh, verse 18. In everything give thanks, for this is... Now you ought to line this. Somebody wants to know, I want to know what God's will is concerning my life. Here it is. Here it is. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Let's say it together. Giving thanks is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning me. Okay, so if that's the will of God, then we're commanded to do it. Let's look at uh, Colossians. I want to give you these scriptures here. Colossians chapter 3. He's really carrying the same thought as he said to the Ephesians over here in, in, in his letter to the church of Colossae. In verse 16, well, 15, back up to 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in the same body, and be ye what? Be ye thankful. And uh, he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So you see, this is not just the, something that you can do if you want to. This is a commandment. We're commanded of God to do this. It's his will concerning our lives. To let our lives be a continual sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his majestic name. For he is worthy because he created all things. And Jesus is worthy because he has redeemed us by his blood. Amen. Now let's go over to Mark's gospel. I want to show you something concerning the life and ministry of Jesus. This has blessed me. When I began to meditate this, it blessed me. It just thrilled my heart to see how the Word of God, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little, begins sixth chapter of Mark, to unveil and unfold things to our spirits as long as we will continue in His Word. But you can see how everything that's being revealed through the epistles has, has really, it complements the Old Testament, and it complements the Gospels, the life and ministry of Jesus. 6 and verse 8. That's the wrong scripture. Praise God. Well, let's go over to Luke then. Luke 22. We'll see this first. Under the life and ministry of Jesus, 
Luke 22, 17. Here we see Jesus before the Last Supper, how he operated out of his ministry, and everything that he did when miracles took place, when miracles happened, the first thing that he did was offered up thanks unto the Father. Let's look at verse 17. And he took the cup and gave thanks. Jesus first took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God is come. And he took the bread and did what? He gave thanks. Look at John's Gospel, the sixth chapter. When he stood before the, the people that were hungry, he did this here, well, he did it twice. And both times he stood before those and stood before the Father, he did not pray a prayer of multiplying the loaves and the fishes. I want you to see this. It's a blessing to me when I saw this. He did not pray a prayer like I think we pray today, and some of us will pray today, multiply this bread and do this. Look what he did in uh, verse 11. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had what? He distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were, were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragrance that remained, and there was that not, let it be lost. All he did to multiply the loaves and the fishes was gave thanks. You talk about the highest expression of your faith, and think about that. All he did to multiply the loaves and the fishes was said, Father, I give you thanks. And gave them to the disciples, and they distributed. It was so important. Look at verse 23. Howbeit, there came other boats from Tiberias, as nigh to the place where they did eat bread, after the Lord had what? What was responsible for the miracle? His giving of thanks to the Father was the highest expression of his faith. What was he giving thanks for? I give you thanks, Father God, that when I distribute this, it will, it will multiply. Now notice how... When Jesus performed the Last Supper and gave thanks unto the Father for the cup, for the bread, the Spirit of God saw it was necessary for us to understand that. And in the New Testament, when Paul received the revelation, Paul wasn't there. When Paul received the revelation, look at 1 Corinthians 11 chapter. And verse 24. Now look at verse 23 first. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had what? Where did he receive that? No one told him that but the Holy Ghost. Jesus, he says, I received this of the Lord. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said. See, the Spirit of God, through the revelation that was given to the Apostle Paul, saw it necessary that we know that Jesus gave thanks first. He gave thanks before the loaves and fishes were multiplied, both in both cases. He gave thanks before he partook of that supper. He gave thanks. Look at this here in John's Gospel, 11th chapter. This is an outstanding miracle that took place at his giving of thanks. The 11th chapter of John's Gospel. And the 41st verse. Verse 
Now they're standing before the tomb site of Lazarus. All Jesus said before this was that this sickness was not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. And on his way, he met Martha, Mary, and he said, If thou wouldest believe, you shall see the glory of God. That's, he was talking to her, to them. And then, finally, he gets to the gravesite. After he says, Don't you believe I'm the resurrection and the life? And there he stands, and they took away, verse 41, the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said. Whenever you read that Jesus said something, meditate it and study it. Look what he said. Father, I thank thee. Those words, four words, are so important to the receiving of miracles that I cannot express it to you. I believe in our natural language. Father, I thank thee. What are you thanking for? That thou hast heard me. What does he mean that thou hast heard me? That you heard me say, I am the resurrection and the life. That you heard me say, this sickness is not unto death. I, Father, I thank thee that you heard me say, thou shalt see the glory of God. Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Lazarus, come forth. Jesus' prayer of faith is very short, isn't it? Father, I thank you that thou hast heard me. Now, the scripture I wanted to give you was, I had it backwards, it was Mark 8, 6. And it was the same, the same incident, but only a different time. There, were, there was two, two times that Jesus multiplied the loaves and the fishes. And he says... It's so astounding when you begin to see this in verse 5 and 6. Read verse 5 and 6 also. And he asked them in verse 5, How many loaves have you? Well, they said seven. All Jesus did was commanded the people to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and gave thanks. I want you to see this. I want you to see how he didn't pray a long prayer. The Father knew the need. Jesus knew he would meet the need. All Jesus did was gave thanks and break and gave to his disciples and set before them and they did set them before the people. And they had a few small fishes and he blessed and commanded to set them also before them. He probably gave thanks, same thing. And so they did eat and were filled and they took up the, the, the broken meat and was left seven baskets. All Jesus did as an act or expression of faith was gave thanks unto the Father. That's all he did. And the miracles that took place was multiplying the loaves and the fishes, Lazarus coming forth from the grave, and then he gave thanks. Now listen to this. The Last Supper, he was giving thanks that his body would do what it was meant to do, that his blood would do what it was meant to do and he was giving thanks to the Father for fulfilling his resurrecting Jesus from the dead. That's what he was doing. Can you imagine you're on your way into the caverns of the damned to take upon yourself the sacrifice, uh, to be a sacrifice for man's initial sin and all he did was said, Father, I thank you. That's it. He's on his way into hell to suffer the sins of humanity and he just looks up to heaven and says, Father, I thank you. I thank you. I can entrust my spirit into your hands. And before he died on Calvary, what did he say? Unto thy hands, into thy hands do I commit my spirit. I thank you. Because at that point, he was helpless. There was no way he could do anything else. He, he, he knew that he was helpless. There was no power, you see, that could help him at this time except for the power of the Father God. So all he said was, I thank you. It's devastating to realize how Jesus, just by his speaking thanks unto the Father, had all the miracles take place. Look in Philippians, the fourth chapter, and I want to show you that the Father expects the same thing from us. Identical thing. Philippians, 
4, 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with what? With what? All we're to do is to ask the Father in the name of Jesus and bring our petition to Him because He told us to. And then offer up the sacrifice of what? Beloved, I really believe this with all my heart. If we would enter into a place of giving of thanks for what has been done for us at Calvary, there's not going to be any struggle to get your healings. There's not going to be any struggle to get your knees met. All you're going to do is just enter into the presence of the Father with thanksgiving in your heart. And look up into heaven and just say, Father, I thank Thee. I've asked You for the healing of my baby. Father, now I thank Thee. I believe those words, Father, I thank Thee that Thou hast heard me. I thank Thee. And as we continue just to worship and to praise Him, I have had many experiences with that. I remember one time praying for my, praying for my children. I never really got the prayer out. I, I never had the chance or the opportunity to get the prayer out. Something had attached itself to, you know, the body. And I got down and on my knees just with the intention of, 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 of uh, asking the Father for the healing. But for some reason, I know what the reason was, the Spirit of God leads you and guides you and teaches you. You know, we've not entered into a place that we know it all. I don't know it all. Do you know it all? But I know this. I know what I know works. And I just got on my knees before the Father. I looked up into heaven, not even considering what was done and taken place, and just said, Father, I thank you that thou art my shepherd. I thank you, dear Heavenly Father, that you provide my every need. I thank you that I don't have a want. I just come into your presence with thanksgiving in my heart and begin to worship you knowing that no weapon formed against me can prosper. Knowing that you lead me beside still waters of quietness and peace and comfort and ease. And beloved, as sure as I'm standing here looking at you, that thing left. I didn't get it to the prayer saying by saying, would you please heal? I didn't even get to that, that part yet. Just out of the expression of thanksgiving and praise, the thing left that body just like that. Just like that. Just like it never existed on, her, on that body. Just left. The same way it came, the same way it left. Think about that. I mean, there are times that we've, we've just thanked the Father that all our needs are met. And I mean to tell you, when you begin to thank the Father that your needs are met, He'll open up the floodgates. I mean to tell you, He'll pour out a blessing unto you that you couldn't have enough to contain it all. I'm going to show you that in the Scriptures if, you, if we learn to do that. Let's look at another Scripture. We're running out of time. We've got to get some of this. Colossians 4.2. I just want to give you the Scriptures. Colossians 4.2. In prayer, he said, prayer, supplication, thanksgiving. Notice here, Colossians 4.2. We give thanks to God always for you all. I'm sorry. Continue in prayer. I'm, I'm in First Thessalonians. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with what? Continue in what? Prayer. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with what? Okay, now look at First Thessalonians 1.2. That's what I was reading. Not only are we to give thanks in prayer unto the Father, but look at this. We give thanks to God always for you. This is for one another. Giving thanks for other people. Giving thanks for the body of Christ. Giving thanks for the government system. We're told to do that. We give thanks to God always for you, making mention of you in our what? Notice that prayer goes along with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and prayer. Prayer and thanksgiving. Giving thanks unto you. Look at, uh, you know, 1 Timothy 2.1. Look at it real quick. You're close by I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplication, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. Giving of thanks be made for all men. For this is good, in verse 3, and acceptable in the sight of God. This is good. It's acceptable. I want you to look down upon me and say, well, that's good and acceptable what you're doing, son. I'm giving thanks for you. I'm giving thanks. I'm going to tell you, you want to enter into the fullness of God. You start giving thanks for other people's kids that they're getting healed. You start giving thanks for other people's kids that are not being corrupted and contaminated in their spirit, soul, or body by these influences that surround them. But they cling to the living God and, and they rely on Him and He is their refuge, their fortress, their God. You start thanking God for other people's kids. I mean to tell you, He'll turn Himself loose on you. You put you last. 
you ever start getting in the spirit and praying for other people and praying in other tongues and I mean just starting to have yourself a hallelujah party? Did you ever notice you may start off slow, but by the time you really get into it, man, you just don't want to stop. You're on a roll. You don't want to stop. Did you ever notice that God put you last? Pray for yourself last. By the time that you get to yourself, you are out of it. I mean, you are so in the spirit. You're just, oh, hallelujah, glory. The last shall be first and the first shall be last. He puts you last. That seemingly looks like, oh, I'm going to wait till the end to get to praying for me. But if you stop and think about it, by the time he got to you, he didn't have to say anything, but thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You see what I'm saying? Start praying for the other kids with prayer and thanksgiving. All right? <sighs> thank you, Father God, that we always have time to teach all that we want to teach. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's look at some more scriptures and then we'll have to cut it off. We won't cut off the giving of thanks, though. In... 1 Corinthians 15 chapter. And I'm just going to say some other scriptures. I'm going to write these down. First, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Let's look at that first. All right. Psalm 136, 1 through 3. And 26. Just write that down. Psalm uh, 136, verses 1 through 3. It says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for He is good, and His mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord of lords, for His good, and His mercy endureth forever. And verse 26 says... Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for he is good and his mercy endureth forever. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Here's why you should give thanks unto the Lord. But thanks be unto God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What he's saying is, death has no sting, sin has no sting, the grave has no sting. We've been delivered from the bondage of sin, death, and the grave. And so give thanks unto the Lord. You talk about giving thanks for something. Give thanks. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 14. Now thanks be unto God, see, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the Savior of His knowledge by us in every place. Give thanks unto God that always causes... Keep saying this. I thank you, Father God, that you caused my life to be a continual pageant of triumph diffusing the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ everywhere I go. To those that are saved, it's the rum of Christ himself. And to those that are, that are perishing, it's the, it's the doom of death. So that they can get saved. They, see, that's what he's saying. Give thanks unto God for that. Well, we should just be giving thanks all the time for all these things. Now, here's what I want to point out to you, especially for those of you that believe in God for your finances. 2 Corinthians 9, 6-12. 2 Corinthians 9, we're going to read that to you real quick. I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified Bible. Follow me as much as you can. Now, it says, in the Amplified, it starts out like this. Remember this. Now, don't forget this. Remember this. He who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. He who sows generously and that blessings may come to someone, someone else, will also reap generously and with blessings. Let each one give as he had made up his own mind and purpose in his heart, not reluctantly, not sorrowfully, not under compulsion. For God loves, that is, he takes pleasure in and prizes above other things and is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it, giver whose heart is in his giving. And God then, now listen to what God's able to do. God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, Possessing enough to require no aid or of support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation, as it is written, he, that is the benevolent person, scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his deeds of justice and goodness and kindness and benevolence, benevolence will go on and endure forever, and God, who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating, will also provide and multiply your resources for sowing, and increasing the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity, thus you will be enriched in all things and in every way, so that you can be generous, and your generosity, as it is administered by us, will bring forth thanksgiving to God. For the service the ministering of this fund renders does not only fully supply what is lacking to the saints or God's people, but is also... It also overflows in many cries of thanksgiving unto God. Boy, I wish I had time to stop right there for a while. 
When you learn to let your life just be a life of giving unto others, giving hilariously, prompt to do it, cheerfully, not grudgingly, God will make His life be unto you and overflowing. I mean, He'll pour out Himself upon you like you'd never believe in Saul. You couldn't understand it. I mean, you can understand all the power and the, and the glory and, and, and the favor you have in the sight of God and what He'll pour out unto you. Just you couldn't name it. You couldn't speak it. A joy unspeakable and full of glory. You couldn't, you couldn't contain it all if you become that kind of a giver. He'll provide for you resources that you never heard of or knew about to cause abundance to flow in so you could be independent of any financial help in this earth and just totally dependent upon Him. Can you imagine that? If we learn how to cooperate with this law of giving. It causes all kinds of thanksgiving to go into the Father. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.